Show. Hello, 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 hello. In this instalment of the Dukey Radio Show, we welcome into the studio former Devilish Presley's Jackie V and John Henry from the band Homes for the Elite. With today's guests at its epicentre, Homes for the Elite views humour, politics, expletives, lots of them. Punchy guitars, hypnotic bass and really raucous vocals, all to great effect. They're switched on in every sense and have a view on the world of politics and music that's refreshingly critical. It's an attitude that's very welcome here on the Dukey Radio Show. But enough of all of that. What are John and Jackie's favourite words? I want to know. Uh, hello, this is John here from the wonderful band Homes for the Elite. And uh, my favourite word is feelism, which is a word I invented. And uh, it actually comes from a book I wrote. And uh, it's basically the two tenets of feelism are whatever you do, you're wrong. And also um, everything is a lie. And uh, they used to be something different, but they got changed by an unscrupulous member of a tiny political party that's in a, in this book that I wrote. And uh, originally it wasn't everything is a lie it was everything is about caring and sharing. And then originally it wasn't uh, whatever you do, you're wrong. It was whatever you do, love one another. Um, but of course, those two things uh, that they used to be don't fit in the 21st century. So everything is a lie. And uh, whatever you do, you're wrong is our manifesto. And this book that you wrote? Um, well, it's called Kill Devil Delta. And it's the story of a kind of failed musician who um, almost makes it in the music business in the 80s and then um, goes on this downward spiral. And uh, it comes up to date and it's, it's, it kind of mixes uh, stuff about the housing situation um, because people think it's, a, uh, you know, a new phenomenon about um, gentrification and things like that and people being kicked out of where they live. But um, it was, you know, it happened to me several times, um, got moved out of places. And uh, because I was at kind of like the bottom rung of the ladder, if you like, because I was a musician and I didn't have any money, uh, those, those kind of things affected me you know a lot sooner than they've affected a lot of other people but the world's kind of caught up now which is i find um in equal measure annoying and quite amusing so um the, yeah that's what that's about but the book itself is just a story of this guy and the other character and it's a character called sod johnson who's a prime minister with blonde hair right and, uh, so, I have a feeling I know who this person yeah, may be based yeah, on. Yeah, and the, and unfortunately, Sod Johnson uh, gets killed or assassinated, um, which uh, I'm not saying that that should happen in real. No, life. no, you're oh, not. No, no, you're no, not no, even no, hinting at it. It's no, merely no. a character. It's an assertion, not yes, an argument. Yeah. A fictitious yeah. character that meets an, an untimely, untimely end. Yes, well or, deserved but <laughs> untimely end. Or, yeah, yeah. or a timely end. Yeah, yeah, depending on your point of view. Yeah. So that's what that is. Yeah. So that's my word. Feelism. Which is, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's going to be the new religion of the 21st century, I think. So. Right. Uh, that's a church I can, I can definitely be down with. Oh, OK. You just have to give me, like, your, the last four numbers on your credit card. OK. Uh, postcode, yeah. passwords. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Maiden names. Yeah, of... you get the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, any personal details, you know. Right. Um, that's fine, yeah. cash. That's fine. I'll give you the maiden names for all my, my family. Absolutely. Yeah, all the, 
female members just going back. You never know. It's, yeah. it's, and your pet's password as well. Oh, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Molly, Molly is. She's got accounts in. <laughs> she's been very good. Yeah, she's sitting. sitting yeah, very good. she likes yeah. you guys. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. the Dookie Radio Show dog is is very chilled uh, within the company of uh, Homes for the Elite. And Homes for the Elite, we welcome one other member here, Jackie. Yeah, I'm Jackie. I'm singer for Homes for the Elite. And my favourite word, at the moment anyway, which I find amusing, is mansplaining. Mansplaining. Is this something that you've been a, a, a victim of? And victim is the right word, let's face it. Don't get me wrong, I'm all up for feminists and women having their say. And exactly, I'm a woman fronting a band, and our band is very political and tough-faced as well. And I'm all up for people obviously standing up for themselves. Um, and fronting a band is one of those things as a woman half the time... I've played many festivals in Europe where you may be the only woman on the bill and you are talked to as if you're a fucking idiot, basically. <laughs> and um, Do yeah. you experience that more abroad than here or is it no, rife in the UK as no, well? I think sometimes just as, as a woman in rock and roll, you're kind of talked to as if you maybe don't know much, you know. And, um, you know, there's plenty of us girls out there and plenty of tough chicks as well and um, playing it as hard as the boys. <laughs> I guess. Oh, absolutely. Now, I hear an Antipodean uh, flavour in your accent. Would this be an accurate interpretation yeah, right. of your yeah. vowels and tones? Or vowels? Yeah. Where, where do you hail from originally? Oh, from Australia. Right. Yeah. And whereabouts in Oz? Um, originally, the outback kind of sheep station area in the middle of nowhere. What, genuinely? Yeah, really? genuinely. And that's where I grew up. But I lived in Melbourne for seven years before I came to London. So I've lived in London now for 20 years. So you become a Londoner. Yeah. So can I interject? You, you, you never explained what you actually thought about mansplaining. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> you kind of like you did a yeah, well, you sorry. did a bit of a politician got, there. That's got, an interesting question. I'm glad you've asked me that. Now <laughs> I'm going to so, talk about frogs. I got sidetracked. Yeah, but I think the funny thing I think about, particularly now, like most people use, and new words have come about to just to do with social networking and social media and people talking a lot and living a lot these days online. And, well, I think mansplaining has become one of those terms that now almost is used as something that's like um, a thing to silence debate almost. So I'd, I do think it's become used not in the right way that it was originally intended. So a lot of people use it now, I think, when men are voicing opinions or having strong opinions just to actually just... Well, it's Stop it's still it. part know. of the, the, the fascism of political correctness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like mm. they've got everybody arguing about... I'm not saying these things aren't important, but everyone's talking about all these little issues, their little dot that's in front of them, and they all need to just zoom out. If we could get everybody to zoom out of their little problems for, say, just a month and look at the people who love the fact that everybody's arguing amongst themselves, mm. which is the rich fuckers that are just taking all the money and get, giving it to their f criminal friends on Wall Street in the city of London. Um, if we stopped arguing about this, that and the other, you, you know, it's, it's just, it would be so much better because then we could go back to arguing about that stuff after we've solved the real problems. And people will probably say, oh, look, there's a classic example of mansplaining. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it is like talking about political correctness. Do you agree with me, or shall I remove this gun from your ribs? <laughs> is it pink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pink torpedo, baby. I suppose uh, gender relations are, are quite an interesting thing in kind of modern Western society. I think women are behaving more like the quintessential male, and with that, a lot of men are sort of becoming 
and forgive me for sounding a bit dramatic, infantilised. In a way, kind of losing the, the respective spines a bit. And um, it's, it's almost as though the, each side of the, 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 the gender divide are emulating the, the less uh, nice parts of each other. I, I've been... Cause when I'm on my own travelling, I like to earwig people. And I, I've just listened to uh, a group of, of women all in their late 30s or so. And they were sizing up the local talent. Oh, yeah. And which they have every right to do, but they were doing it in the most kind of sexist or Offensive male way. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, by all means, I, I think uh, being judgmental on in any ways is not great. But and I wonder whether or not mansplaining is if it's a if it's a term that's becoming abused a bit. Could you yeah, that's, that that's what earlier. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that I think people just. If someone has a strong opinion or someone's a bit verbose online explaining something, it just goes, oh, you're just mansplaining. But they're having an opinion. Everyone's got a right to an <laughs> or opinion. Or you could be anything. You could be anything. <laughs> Typical bloke. No, no, but it could be anything I don't like explaining. You know what I mean? It's like conspiracy theories. Anyone I don't like is part of the conspiracy. That's, that's, that's the attitude that comes from that a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, people love to get things and they may well have a, in the beginning, they're a positive, good thing, but they end up being used uh for the wrong reasons and like i say uh the, the, the you've, you've got the very small amount of rich people on the top then you've got the people in the middle and the people in the middle are terrified of becoming the people at the bottom and that's how the people at the top keep control and one of the major weapons they've got to do that is to keep everybody fighting with themselves about things i'm not saying they're trivial but there's a big picture and i wish people would t- take a moment just to look at the big picture um it's like this thing with uh, I, I don't know how you pronounce her name was it kunsberg the, the bbc reporter that has um you know she's been accused of being uh, anti jeremy corbyn and they start, started a petition to try and get uh, get rid of her and uh, then the petition was pulled because allegedly um, she was being abused and a lot of people I, even on my friends list on were going oh it's because she's a woman they're saying this stuff's got nothing to do with that whatsoever it was simply because she is a fucking biased woman mm. and she works for a biased corporation the BBC and uh, that's just do you know what I mean that's a fact but facts are great but of course it's the conclusions people draw from facts that are often frequently in error and uh, that's what's happened with this situation and it, it happened before the mayor election i can't say that word mayor the mayoral it's mayoral, one of those yeah i hate that word um yeah but you said it perfectly so mm. you, uh, insert i got word. away with it is what <laughs> yeah, happened yeah, yeah. i stumbled it all over night, all the time yeah. but um yeah we had all the, the anti-semitic thing a lot of the things that you just mentioned there are highlighted in your video in the track for Illuminati Auntie. And in this song, you extol the virtues of David Icke and indicate that he was right. Oh, <laughs> 
your phone, you're so smart, it tracks everywhere you go. Can't stop a tank armed with a donut. You need a gun when your benefits be cut. I got a call from the late night TV show. I got the proof, I'll tell you everything I know. And Jackie, was David Icke right? Uh, well, he, uh, in, in some of his early books, he did uh, predict that there was going to be a major terrorist attack in America um, because he, he took it from, I can't remember the name of the document now, there's something for the new American century, I can't remember what it's called offhand, but uh, uh, basically they, they were saying what would need to happen in, in the 21st century. This was published, I think, 1999 or something like that. And it was, uh, you know, like they basically said, we're going to need our own Pearl Harbour. And, uh, and then when after 9-11 happened, that's what George Bush actually said. He said, oh, that, this, this is a defining moment in our history. And uh, it's our Pearl Harbour. And, um, of course, they, they've used that to introduce all these draconian measures where you have to like, have your bum scanned when you go into America and mm. all this stuff. And, you know, homeland security. Mm. And uh, it's, uh, you know, so he was right about that. And he, he did point out a lot of the people who have... Um, you know, been outed in the paedophilia thing, like Jimmy Savile. And uh, he was, uh, you know, pointing the finger at quite a few people that have since come out. But I'm not saying he's right about everything. We're not, we're not, or we aren't saying that he's right about everything by any stretch of the imagination. No, but he's a very interesting um, character. He's an interesting character because he, uh, you know, he's kind of like um, a maverick. Well, he, well, he's also one of the classic modern day <coughs> examples of someone who was put down and ridiculed and has managed to rise up to almost like a massive phoenix I guess in terms of now he sells out shows in Wembley yeah and he sold, <laughs> of him just talking you yeah. know and he can do numerous he sold, nights he sold well. like something like 60 million books so you know it's like uh, he's having the last laugh yeah he, he literally like well that's why the video has him at the beginning being mocked by terry wogan which is that famous thing when he said you know everyone's laughing at you david and then at the end he's at, he's at wembley but you know we like i think some people thought it, this was kind of like david Icke propaganda which it's not it's just pointing out 
we wanted to point out well we were making an assertion about certain things to do with the bbc and about some of the characters that are involved that if you watch the video you can see the people that we're talking about and you'll on i think most people that are on the same wavelength already know these things anyway um so but it was just handy to have david ike because basically we just came up with the call we, we literally came up with the chorus because we always come up with the title first and mm. we had the title illuminati auntie and obviously it had to be about the bbc and then I was just jamming something and I went, oh yeah, Ike was right, David Ike. And it fitted the music. So we said, yeah, that's great. And then we kind of constructed. But the video itself is the brainchild of Butts, the director, who's, um, I mean, he's a story on his own, like Butts, like, you know, so um, I can tell you about him later. If is he a friend of yours? Um, I met Butts in 1989 outside the Marquee and he came up to me and he handed me a, a pint of Guinness and he said, would you mind holding this for me, mate? He said, I've got to go and have a fight. And he went off up the street and he came back like, and he's dressed as a glam rocker at this this point. He comes back with a bloody nose. He took the beer back and said, oh, cheers, mate. That was great. And uh, he was... Uh, <laughs> as you do. He, yeah. he was actually performing that night. He, he was performing the that night. He was the, yeah, he was the lead yeah. singer in the band called The Babysitters. And then he was in Last of the Teenage Idols, and uh, they, who were the biggest unsigned band um, Ever, well, they sold out the, the old Astoria, mm. and they were unsigned. They had such a huge following, like, like, two thousand eight hundred people or yeah, so, something ridiculous like that. But and I it, think I think they played the marquee the most. Yeah, they had the record for playing the, the old marquee the most times uh, as Last of the Teenage. And I saw Last of the Teenage Idols, and I, the reason I went was because that it was a song by Alex Harvey, and I loved Alex Harvey, so I went to see this band and, and then I met him but I, I didn't we didn't keep in touch but I knew who he was and stuff like that and then we kind of through different people with our old band uh, liked him and we met up on Facebook as most people do now and uh, we just said to him yeah we you know we've, he because he makes videos he, and he's doing this year he's doing the Rebellion Festival he's going to make a DVD official DVD for the big Rebellion Punk Festival mm-hmm. and uh, he's made he's done countless other things and uh, but yeah he is a, he is a character um, well uh, the guy um, that's doing our biography for the band, Mick Mercer, used to write for Melody Maker, and he said, how did you manage to get butts out of the maximum security home that he was in? And I said, oh, it was tricky. Like, so he's got this <laughs> reputation, like, you know, he's, just, he's crazy, but he's, he's really, he's so funny. He's just so funny, and he has, as you can, well, I think, in the video, he's got some brilliant ideas, like, you know. Mm. So he's just, uh, it was it's his baby, really. So he thought about we basically yeah yeah we basically stood in front of a a green cloth and he (laughs) said now do this like pretend you're running and then uh, you know so so all that reactions that we're doing it's like you know um, bad acting that we're doing is uh we were literally just standing in in the pipeline venue we had a big green cloth and some lights and everything (laughs) was green screen well well, yeah green (laughs) well uh, yeah all right greens if you're going to be technical green screen yeah (laughs) fucking bit of cloth wasn't it you know what i mean and uh (laughs) you guys were touching green cloth <laughs> which is now probably going to be what are you going to turn it into like a some pants or something and um recycle <laughs> recycle yeah, yeah. recycle up recycle now and uh, yeah so th- that was that and then he yeah i mean we, we had some input into it we obviously we said to him like we gave him the lyrics and we said you know we want this in it and can you highlight that and stuff like that so obviously but um yeah i mean he's, he's and he made the other video we did the have it all video which was the the thing with all the where we're all like looking into our mobile phones and stuff like which was a comment on you know everybody young and it was funny because both daddy and zach were kind of saying this actual video is actually stupid they said young people don't walk around 
looking at their phones and doing things, and they were actually texting each other. Yeah, I was my, I was selfies. acting. They were fucking sending texts and while we were making the actual video. They every break <laughs> in the be- in the in the actual video, they were on their phones. And I think even funnier was because I don't even we don't have a smartphone, <laughs> and um, you were holding one, and yeah. they actually said. Do you realise you've been filming that with that smartphone upside down? Yeah, yeah. Da- Danny was going to me, oh, for God's sake, what's wrong with you? And I was going, oh, I don't know, I haven't got one. I don't want one. I don't want to be tracked everywhere I go. With regards to the Illuminati track, you guys had a title and worked around it. And, John, did you come up with that title? Or Jackie, did you? Uh, that one I think I came up with. Right. Yeah. And then the lyrics and the melody, how did that come together for you? Uh, well, we always, literally... Uh, no word of a lie, we always start with a title. I don't know why, it's just our work process. And we sit in our little shed and we, we kind of come up with... Uh, I usually write like too many lyrics. I use 10 verses or something ridiculous. And then when Jackie, we get the the initial loop, because all, all the music's made out of just two-bar loops. And um, we'll go through it and she'll go, I can't say that, that's far too much of a tongue twister, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And, I, and now I've got to the stage where I like putting them in to fuck her up. Like, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> And then we hone it down, and it kind of it works. Yeah, it just grows organically like that. And then um, we we then we end up with uh, certain parts. We go, okay, that's got to be because it's a two-bar loop. You have one like one bit that's going to be the chorus, or one bit that's going to be something else. But it's all over just basically the same thing. Um, and it's funny because um, we, we've got a music publisher, and he asked us to send instrumental versions, and I said, well it's very boring without all the stuff on like all the lyrics on top of it and even no no it's in a, and it's just like you literally put it on it's just the same thing for about four minutes it seems completely completely pointless to me but he seemed happy with it so that's fine you know, so. all the movement in the tracks come from the vocals comes from the melody oh, yeah, that, yeah. the energy is the uh, vocals mm. and totally, that's yeah. you know you have a winner when when it works like that mm, and yeah. uh, i think if, if a backing track sounds complete on its own it's a bit worried. It's got really. too much in it, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Too many layers just clutters up. Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of funny. It has turned out that way because when we sort of set out of trying, I think the hardest thing if you've done a, a band previously, especially working together like we have, is You're trying to get to um, a new sound or trying to get something, yeah, different really, and especially if you're singing again. And we had to try and intentionally come up with something. And the vocals on this kind of music aren't supposed to be pretty at all. And almost to the point where we tried to make the vocal almost gratingly annoying, annoying, like in your face. And, you know, obviously... Subtlety has gone out the window. Yeah, so obviously I'm singing a low, deeper register than before. And it's not like like rock or, you know, that kind of stuff that we were doing before. And... um, but we, we yeah. kind of. But uh, it's interesting to work with something like that because you're very limited, like also the music is as well. So it's trying to get something, like you said, that has energy, but you're very restrained in your tools, I guess, that you can use. Restricted, you mean? Yeah. Not restrained. Oh. You just like being restrained, don't you? Possibly. I mean, that's a separate thing to the music. That's away from the rehearsal studio, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, in the, that's in the attic, not the shed. Um, <laughs> the um, porn dungeon. <laughs> in in a way, you use your limitations to your advantage. If it's just the two of you providing the instrumentation, and you're kind of 
flying in drum parts and stuff. Yeah, is that yeah, my understanding? Yeah. We, we we basically we, we come up with a rough idea because in the previous band we had a drum machine, so we still use that. We just come up with a rough idea. Then we went into the little local studio with with Zach, our drummer, and uh, he, we just basically Jackie played some bass, I played some bass. It was no guitar, always bass, and uh, we basically just. Um, recorded loads and loads of different tempos and because he plays reggae and funk and rock he can do all these so we tried out all loads of stuff and we ended up with about 40 different loops and then i took them home and we started to go right okay illuminati auntie what which loop are we going to drum loop so we chose a drum loop and then we just started playing and jamming it together and then we took the lyrics this like like i said like 10 verses and we got the bits and then we got the bit that was going to be the chorus and then we got the bit that was going to be something else and we just put it together like that and uh, so it's kind of like because we wanted to do something too where we could and it's funny because compared to like a lot of music the Devilish Presley stuff we did was very fast working in terms of recording an album or doing something we always used to record an album and mix it in five days and this we wanted to try and find something that was even faster. Oh yeah, this is so it's so quick. We don't you don't have to spend a lot of time doing it because but. you want to be. I think particularly in these days, if you're trying to do something political or talk about the times, and ridiculously things happen so quickly. Like in Ministry of Death, it mentions Ian Duncan Smith, mm. and bizarrely, I think within two days of that being released, he resigned. Well, we uploaded it, and, and he shat himself. <laughs> yeah, so we've had to change it now. So we're going to try and work uh, Stephen Crab into the into the lyric but he d- it doesn't scan as well for some reason no we want to leave it Ian ideas. Duncan Smith it's just one of those really fucking annoying names you you, you can feel the hatred for him as you say his name <laughs> I mean an IDS just sounds like a medical condition yeah it what does what have you got I've got yeah. a IDS it's different from uh, uh, ir- irritable dick syndrome like, yeah 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 he's definitely an irritable dick If he would have one if I fucking got older would, yeah. as a band our prime movers because John as a writer you've mentioned a, a certain uh, Mr. Johnson and Sir his Johnson, yeah, and yeah. his untimely end. <laughs> yeah. You then write about specific uh, political figures, and mm. shortly after you've written a song and recorded it, things have changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're trying to do voodoo, really. So I'm right. You know, send me email me, send me any any anybody you don't like, and I'll write a song about them. That's we'll right. See what happens? <laughs> <laughs> email the Dookie Radio Show. We will pass along your requests. Yeah, to yeah. our esteemed guests, the way that you work incorporating all all of these loops recalls the way that like Public Enemy would write, where yeah, 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 they'd be yeah. kind of working on samplers and keyboards, and all of that would be recorded. You know, yeah, kind of yeah. flavor flavor would be there making you know all kinds of of noise, and then suddenly by making a beautiful patchwork loop, everything then would be kind of performed on top of that, which meant that. Public Enemy sounded like Public Enemy, and yeah. the same thing for Holmes. You know, for the lead, the, the you know, it's a very similar kind of ethos. Or the genre might be different. We were talking about hip hop earlier, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of refreshing that there is a, a bit of the the hip hop world that's maybe indirectly influenced you guys. Oh yeah, definitely. How how those guys perform and things, it's genius in a way. They don't need equipment. They don't need musicians. And the thing that becomes relevant, I think, is that. I know people have even said before in the past when we used a drum machine, it was like, well, you're not a proper band. You don't have a drummer. And it's like the lyrics and what you're talking about are the most important thing. And that's what is definitely specific with hip hop and um, and rap and those things, because it's what you're saying mm. is important, surely. And the message of your music. Um, and you don't want to detract from that, I think, as well. 
we came to it through uh well i think the the, the only um band that have done anything interesting in the last god knows how long is uh sleaford mods and um they said they were like a cross between the wu-tang clan and uh kind of like uh i don't know like sham 69 or something or uh maybe crass perhaps that's a better example and uh, so they had that hip-hop thing and they they, they they do exactly the same thing. It's like all little loops because the guy in it started off um, doing um, sort of rap, rap, rapping over or ranting, I suppose is a better word, um, over kind of like Sex Pistols samples and stuff like that. But when he started working with his new partner, as Jason is the singer and Andrew is the is the guy that does the beats. And uh, when he started working with Andrew, they started making their own loops, which is what Portishead did. Mm. And, uh, and the, I mean, Portishead went to the extreme of actually recording them on vinyl, the, dr- the drums on vinyl to get that. I mean, that's... That's really, dedication. Yeah, that is dedication. <laughs> that's and, how and, they get their amazing sound. Yeah, like. but mm. to get something... But so, yeah, it is that kind of methodology of, of hip-hop, I suppose. But we're, we're not going to come out and try and do that because it, it's not our thing. So so we're still kind of... It sounds like a, a band. And there, there, there are four people involved in it. But whether or not when we do a live performance, there's going to be four... Well, there won't be four people. It'll just be us and probably Danny... Um, when they're available when they're available because Danny's mm. he's in America at the moment doing sound engineering because you know everyone's busy man <laughs> it's just mm. like, and so. you know it's nice to work as a collective of people just to get ideas or and oh definitely things. yeah I mean like there's a, it's amazing like if you play like I thought that I could do everything with a drum machine but when you when you've got the drummer and he because like Zach did the he did there's one song we've done it's a reggae song um, it's, it's got a reggae feel to it and it's called um, What's Inside the Van TV Detector Man and which is like fuck all obviously and um, which is another dig at the BBC and they're three billion pounds a year that they get out of um, frightening old ladies on the council estates and stuff and um yeah, so uh, you know, uh, so that uh, but there's no way I would that we would have done that if it was me with the drum machine. Never in a million years. Um, and Zach played a lot of percussion on it as well. So yeah, it's um, a different just vibe from the start, you know. Mm. And then you can. And it's a lot. There's a lot more freedom, I think, as well. In a way, it sounds as though your band is a bit like a kind of a carousel. People can kind of join it and get off. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. when they they feel like it. And it also means that you're not necessarily dependent upon people being around. Yeah, absolutely. You could be doing gigs as a, a two-member outfit, mm. or if Danny's back in country, um, you know, you can then you know, do it as a trio. And I think it's quite exciting because it means that when people see you live, they might not know what to expect. Mm. And talking of performances, Homes for the Elite are on the bill for Alice's Wicked Tea Party, which is taking place in Dorset on the 3rd and 4th of June. What is the lineup going to be in terms of your band? Is it going to be a twosome or a mighty threesome? Or even oh, it's going to be uh, that one. It's just going to be the two of us. Yeah, the other guys are both and, away. Uh, yeah, I mean, D- Danny's, uh, well, uh, Danny's going to be in America and, Z- and Zach's on to i think he's in italy or something right so they're they're just you know but yeah we'll just be doing um but we did only agree to that two weeks ago yeah it's going to kind of we're we're going to be i suppose the the only thing i can compare it to is it's going to be a bit like the sleaford mods but not it's not we're not saying that we're like them though but that's it that's the nearest comparison i can think of Um, because the the you know the it's definitely not going to be a rock band it's, it's more um you know definitely but we are doing backing and stuff more like rock right and stuff like that i guess and um 
and obviously it's from the female perspective as well so hopefully people will dig us yeah and that's gonna yeah it'll be yeah uh, still quite a lot of there's a lot of energy hopefully Mm. Uh, there will be a lot of energy and uh we and, and to be honest with you we, we just say what we think so like I'll, i've got quite a big mouth i was always known for having a big mouth before so like I'll, I'll be saying stuff about what the songs are about and you know that kind of stuff but uh, we're really looking forward to it though because um sean his kid todd who's um promoting it all um you know he, he and i have got a, a mutual interest in conspiracy theories i think or or certain aspects of conspiracy theories i think we both think that uh, you know there's a lot more to everything than meets the eye or perhaps everything is a lie i don't know do you know what i mean mm. but uh, um so yeah that's kind of like we started talking about that kind of stuff and uh, yeah we're kind of uh, twin spirits a bit so yeah we're, we're really looking forward to it though i can't wait because we haven't we haven't played now since uh, when the last gig we did with our old band was in november so we're really like chomping at the bit to get back and that will be your oh, return yeah, to the live yeah, it's the, the live scene yeah 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 and that's the thing i mean for people it will be confrontational i think the performance but it's also hard though for the crowd i guess because this will be the first everything that we've done and mm. so all the songs apart from if people are bothered to or, look at stuff online or things like that it's all new yeah which, or i was gonna say we may sit on stools and don pullovers mm. and uh, we say this one's about when I passed my psychology exam Ooh. and uh, that kind of yes. stuff and uh, uh, but I, no we won't do that honestly we're, oh, we're uh, probably just like you know. I was getting really excited no no it won't be uh, we, we'll be uh, we'll, we'll just be uh, in your face probably just like literally a laptop and us both she's singing doing most of the singing i'll be walking around like getting in people's faces right yeah so yeah i might even have the yeah, cha- so the, i might even do the suicide and have a chain swing around my head. oh brilliant so bringing the, the spirit will, of suicide will be the more. band that is yeah, yeah, yeah. or maybe both, <laughs> well, right? a bit, a bit both. <laughs> yeah so the performance will be more like hip-hop performance Really? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Are there any bands that you're especially looking forward to seeing live at Alice's Wicked Tea Party Festival? Um, I, well, uh, Dog, uh, Dog, Dog House, House yeah. uh, obviously, because um, he's going to be playing with us in London. Uh, well, he's headlining our London show that we're doing. Um, and um, the Underrunners, but I th- I'm not sure who's playing on which day, because so, we're only going to be there on the Friday. Right. So um, anybody that's on the Friday. I mean, we're, we've always had a policy that when we go to uh, gigs, it doesn't matter how many bands are on the bill, we always try and watch the other bands if we can. Yeah. Uh, most Sadly, most bands don't return the favour. No, um, no. It's all, uh, a lot of people are very self-indulgent mm. with regards to their activity. And it's even worse when you've lent them your amp or something yeah. and uh, bought them a drink and they're still like, oh yeah, man, I'll definitely watch you. Yeah, I'll and, check you guys out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be great, man. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. For the, uh, thanks yeah. for the guitar amp. Yeah, yeah, there's a really certain cool. uh, punk band who shall remain nameless that used to turn, uh, we played with them a few times and they always turned up with no equipment. The drummer like virtually just had his sticks and they'd always expect to borrow everything. Although we did, and, we did um, once ha- play a gig and the support band's drummer had nothing. Yeah, he like, literally bought I nothing. Include, he, we, we actually used to play that was some that tours. Band. That was that band I'm talking about. No, 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 it wasn't. Wasn't it? It was... Mm. Um, you're more than welcome did, to mention we, names. No, no, no. We did... Um, <laughs> she doesn't want me to. <laughs> we did a few tours with different drummers as well in the past. And, um, yeah, they turned up literally with no sticks. No sticks. I said to him, if your singer loses their voice, you've got fuck all, basically. Like, if you've absolutely got nothing. And they were like, oh... 
Yeah, I suppose so, man. But they didn't. They didn't give a toss, did they? they um, were just no yeah. sticks. I mean, with breakables, that's the first <laughs> thing you think about in the world of drumming. Well, yeah, yeah. blimey. So they're going, and so they turned up expecting to borrow sticks, cymbals, or just all everything. these things which cost yeah, a fortune yeah, and they everything. can easily break. Well, but laughably for us, I mean, this gig we did have like a stray cat's stole drummer, so who played up. upright? Yeah, nice. But, so. The kit was limited, but if it had been another show, we would have had the drum machine. So it's kind of yeah. Like... I mean, yeah, but well, that did happen on several occasions. People said, "Oh, yeah, we we'll use your stuff," and it was like, "Well, you won't be able to because it's a drum machine." And, and and then they get annoyed as if you've done it on purpose. Like you know, I mean, it's like, "Oh man, why have I yeah, bring my I... kit?" It's because you're the drummer, you prick. Like you've got to bring some stuff. Like you know, what I mean, it's just like yeah. No, but don't get me started on drummers. Jackie, I, I must ask you: the vocals on the tracks that we have will be featuring on the show today yeah. full-on vocal performances i mean it sounds as though you know veins would be kind of throbbing in your forehead when you're doing them no but are you able to to keep it keep it up because that's an amazing discipline no i think um i well there's been australian be, help no i don't know i mean to be honest people used to say when i used to sing the more rock singing they were going oh you're like a female acdc kind of singer and they used to say, but how can you sing like that? And I actually don't know. It was something that we just, when we first started mucking around doing music, that we just came up with once on a song. And we kind of just said, oh, do that again kind of thing. And so I kept singing that way. And I think this music, um, when Johnny was writing his book, we did a blues recording. And that obviously is a different kind of music again. And it required me to sing a lot lower and try and do, I don't know, a more almost equivalent of what a, how a guy would sing, I guess. And um, that's what we did. And this is an extension of that, I guess. So, I don't know, people always say to me, it shows, how the fuck do you sing like that? And I just do. You're I mean, lucky, it's in your DNA. And, you know, I'm lucky because it makes me different from someone else. And a lot of people probably hate how I sing. It's either it is a Marmite thing again, but, I guess. Yeah, but, te- but tell Dukey about what Charlie Harper said, because that was your favourite thing, wasn't it? He, said, he thought you had a great voice. And yeah. so she was like, oh, OK, that's good enough for me. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah if, definitely. Uh, I mean, really, the, the ultimate kind of punk yeah. Yeah, warlords, if he gives you the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think, you know, okay. everyone knows as a musician it, these days or through any period of time, you, unless you're lucky, you're not going to make any money from music and what you have to do is enjoy it. And the thing I've enjoyed over the years we've played is the people you meet and the people you get to play with. And if you're lucky enough to get to play with people you res- respect and they compliment you, that's the best thing in the world. Talking about the live scene... The one thing which sucks about living in 2016 is a lot of venues have shut in the last, well, last year, last couple of years. The old circuit venues have Mm. definitely died out. And we actually, a few years ago, went through venues we were playing, sort of 2004, 5. And I think we counted at least 70 or 80 that were gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, around the country in the UK. And it's incredible the rate of, if you look at places now, they are just restaurants, flats. 
Mm. A um, lot of flats. Homes for the elite. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's property developers. They're to, they're to blame for everything. Um, I mean, the, the music uh, venues in London, I mean, the music scene in London, they've just been eviscerated, like, you know, central London. I mean, Soho. I, I mean, mean, the I fact was... the 12 bar went, and it's just like, you know, and what's the other place that went? Uh, the Astoria. All that, it's mm. just... Yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to come to England when those places, and, you know, there weren't, I think the tallest buildings then still were um, the GPO Tower, um, Centrepoint. Centrepoint and mm. Tower 42, I think, in the city. But the skyline now is unrecognisable. Yeah, well, that's mm. Boris Johnson, isn't it, with his yeah. cock fixation. And, to, you know, if you think now they're talking about building another... Over 400 towers have planning permission in London. And I can guarantee they're not going to be low-cost housing for people. So. But this, 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 gov- <laughs> this government have just run amok. I mean, they just... They, they doesn't give a shit about anything. There's no, there's no protection for, for listed buildings anymore. Uh, it's just like, you know, uh, grease my palm and we'll knock it down, you know. Um, and, the, you know, the, the property developers, they work in cahoots with criminals who burn places down openly and they're in cahoots with estate agents to drive up the prices, to drive people out. And, uh, I mean, the artistic fringe in London has been has been pushed out. I mean, even we, we, we suffered yeah. from it as well. We had to leave London. We just literally can't afford to live in London anymore. You, Particularly if you mm. want to do something creative, mm. you know, it's and you want to do it seriously. Like, you know, you don't, you don't want to just play a couple of gigs a year or keep your hand in like a hobby. And um, it's become almost impossible for people, I think, to but keep I, going. But I think the, dis- the thing that disgusts me, and disgust it really does... Is is the what they've done to like the affordable housing and like social housing? It, it is like almost that. like social cleansing. Mm. I think you know. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, in nineteen, I think it was at the end of the seventies. I think forty percent of the population lived in a, in, in like uh, social housing. Forty two. Was it forty two percent? Yeah. And uh, now it's eight. And the other day, my goodness. Yeah, and, and they it, passed a law the other day, or they're passing a bill through Parliament this, this week. It was. Um, to, which effectively is the death knell for council. There won't be any council housing, and uh, you, you know. It, and when it was first started, I think in the forties, um, the mid forties, I think. It was um, after the war, after the Second World War. Yeah. You know, they they built five million homes, mm. and you know now, as soon as the, well, when they brought in with Thatcher, um, the fact that people could actually right to buy, right to buy yeah. in the nineteen eighty, I think. 2.2 million of them were bought and obviously yeah they were bought at knockdown prices and now most of those uh, w- 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 i mean we lived in three in a row well over uh, half of them now have been they're uh, private landlords private yeah but, landlords but, they, they, but we, we lived in three uh, places in in bethnal green and they had all originally been either built for the poor by the east east end housing associate uh, no what was it called the east end dwelling company and uh and the others were just like um council blocks and uh, they'd all been sold off in, after Thatcher obviously decided that she was going to um, change the face of the country forever. And um, they're all in the hands of private landlords. And, the, and uh, because there's less and less places that because people can't afford to get mortgages, the rental market is now totally and utterly out of control. And it's not controlled it's like you get in Europe, you know, mm. like at least like places like in Germany and Berlin and, and that's why when you come to London like we come back to London now I mean we've, we've been out of London four years and you come back and everybody looks like grey and stressed and just this you know and it's, it's a, and I'm not surprised because it's just 
I mean, I, that's partly that the book I mentioned earlier on that I wrote. It's kind of, that's it's got a lot of that in it because I, I mean, I now feel that I grew up in a golden age, and we were so lucky we didn't know we were born. I don't think, um, and and even though like we talked to the, the, the other guys that were in the in the um, the band with us, they're y- a lot younger than us, um, and it, they don't even look at it that way because they've grown up in a post Thatcher world with all this intrusive technology, and they just take it for granted because that's what's normal. But I can remember a time when it wasn't like that, mm. and I kind of go fuck it shit now do you know what i mean well, it's, and it's hard, like it's hard to imagine that you know even in sort of 2002 one time you know i think the only sort of thing bands used to connect with then was myspace wasn't it, was it well i think i don't think even that had started then did it i think yeah, it was still i think myspace I think started around that time but i think bands started to get into maybe it 2004 kind of, or yeah 2004 2000 yeah. certainly by yeah. 2005 initially it was just a I mean, isn't it weird travel. to talk about that as nostalgia? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. MySpace, all the good old days. Like, yeah, yeah. I was people were genuinely integrating with bands, and you could make a difference in terms of you know promoting your your band and connecting uh, with Facebook. Obviously, that's not the case. Uh, I certainly have had limited success with posting any kind of event on Facebook. Have you had a lot of joy? Usually it's well, 1% ma- of the people that make, say they're going to come. Well, they make it. you pay, though. Yeah, they make you pay. I mean, Facebook... They, they uh, throttle the yeah, posts. Yeah, that's the, that's the term they use, throttling. They throttle your posts. It's a lovely word. And, throttle. Uh, yeah, and it's basically... It's like, like I think we've got like 5,000 people on our, on our band page or something. And if I put up a post that's not promoted, uh, paid for, Yeah, in other words, I was going to say, um, you'll paid. probably get maybe 300, if you're lucky. People see that. No, some of them like but some of them yeah (laughs) but what people need to know now is when you're posting your YouTube videos onto the onto onto your band page and stuff like that Facebook is now um, actively blocking you don't see hardly ever see YouTube videos now because they've got their own video service so the best thing to do is what we did with our one the Illuminati auntie you upload it to Facebook uh, as a video on Facebook and then put it on your page like that and I mean this this one the Illuminati auntie one it's had 4,000 views in two days uh, on the Facebook thing right but, but on YouTube which you, we only have, have got it on uh, Facebook that's the only place you can find it otherwise uh, I think it's had about 200 300 something like that and uh, obviously because Facebook are, are, are um, you know um, favoring their own service because they want to take it over because it's that's what it's all about you see what it, what's happened is people well, use spotify to, now are going to bring in videos as well you're not talking into the mic you're oh, talking sorry. to me um but what's happened is is the fact that in the old days people used to go oh yeah man record labels you know they're ripping the bands off and it's terrible and when we get the internet it's gonna be great and everyone's gonna be free and their revolution will not be televised and woo and you know uh, but what's happened is is now artists supply all this content free and these huge corporations that don't pay any fucking tax, like mm. Google and uh, Facebook, they're all tax-avoiding scum. And uh, they basically uh, just rob everyone. I mean, it's that, that, what's that phrase? Digital peasants. That's what artists have become. It doesn't matter what kind of writers, journalists, you know, like whatever. You, you've got this great thing that they, uh, you probably get this. Oh, yeah, man, but you'll get some exposure. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, great. I'll, yeah, I can spend that down the supermarket. Like, yeah, it's, 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 do you know what I mean? It's, and so you're working. You, you, well, you're we co- once used Do you very- accept exposure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, but- have, you, have you got one of those cards for exposure? Yeah, yeah but we once laughingly, oh, God, years and years ago, at one of the first gigs we ever did, it was one of those things when you had to bring a certain amount of people to a show. 
and then you got paid after the first 30 or something a pound a person. Mm. And I remember the actual promoter coming down and going, yeah, you should be able to buy a few a few packets of strings of all that. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. If you bought like 60 people to their gig. Yeah, yeah, and you'll be able to get yourself a couple of packets of strings. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, I'll never get that, yeah. And it's yeah, kind yeah. of... You that know, was things, that prick at the open anchor, wasn't it? Yeah. Things <laughs> have got worse, you know. It's like... <laughs> Yeah. It's very Monto water rat, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whoa, yeah. I think yeah. it's still the, the worst of that particular breed of uh, character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the water rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know they're under new management. Perhaps things are different. I don't think they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are. They are. Never. Uh, yeah. what, who was doing it? Was it Plum Promotions? I think we, we yeah, they because we when we first started our old band, we, we used to do gigs at the Betsy Trotwood. Do you know the Betsy mm, Trotwood? Yeah. Yeah, and that was run by the same people. That Great did, little venue. Did the Water Rats. And, um, yeah, they yeah, I mean, it was like count your fingers when you shook hands with them, basically. Yeah. They were well dodgy. You could bring in 60 people and then you quite literally have enough money for a pack of discounted guitar strings yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous i mean to be fair i mean we got so sick of it and that we we started a thing called pity for monsters which was our own promotions thing and uh we we i mean i don't know how many it was in the end it must have been over 60 70 we put on gigs in london we, we ended up doing them in cambridge bournemouth brighton all over the place we just used to put on our own shows get local bands and stuff like that and the promoters are bad but there are you know you learn there are a, some good ones yeah there are some good ones <laughs> but you do learn a lot about um human nature working with some band not all bands they're obviously i'm um, generalizing but some bands are flaky as fuck do you know what i mean they, they just think they've done you a favor by turning up like you know what i mean it's just like you, you kind of go uh you, you know you were supposed to promote this gig it's like, yeah, man, well, I bought my girlfriend and it's just like, and she's on the guest list, obviously. And it's like, yeah, thanks for that. You know what I mean? It's just like, so I can see it from both And it's even got harder now, you know? So I appreciate, and we've often said that bands don't think about that in terms of talking about venues closing down. A lot of bands are responsible for that happening. You know, like I've seen hundreds of bands playing that demand huge riders and, um, you know, an upfront fee. And they bring no one. If people keep doing that over and over again, how's mm. a venue supposed to survive? I mean, it is a business, you know. In uh, order, yeah, yeah, yeah. I in mean, order to run, they have to make some money. If, if you want to know why why politics will never work, it's just to get involved with doing stuff with bands because it's always the same thing. Yeah, man, you do it. You do it, and and and, and then yeah, we, we don't want pay to play, and it, we're all equal. But you do it, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it then. Like, yeah, yeah, you're super Jesus. You do it. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's like, no, you fucking do some work, you prick. Oh, I've got, a, I've got a telecaster or something. And fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Do some work. Right? You know, it's like, it pisses me off. They're so useless. But that's why rock and roll is dead. It's been killed by people like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like because they didn't give a shit, and then and then and you know, kid, and kids now don't even think it's important necessarily to see bands live. Because it sounds had, shit. No, but, well, but I've also had people say, well, I can just look at it on YouTube. What do I have to go and see a band live for? It's, it's the same as people now go to gigs and film it. They don't experience the night as a living thing. They film it and watch it later. What is that about? Oh, it's no, much worse, but, yeah, yeah, they're worse still. They're film, like, I've seen countless of, of those this week, like people going, oh, here's one of me filming myself at such and such gig, and here's one of me showing how great the crowd were, and they're all doing it. Like, you know I mean? And it's like, you just think, why did you even bother to go? Like, you know it's mean? almost like, like people just think it's more important to actually prove they're somewhere than actually experiencing the event they're at. Mm. 
Which, as a performer, I, I think that's a bizarre thing. It is weird. I think people are so accustomed to seeing the world through their smartphones that when they're when they're actually seeing live people in front of them making live music, yeah, yeah. they want to continue to witness it through mm. the screen on their yeah, smartphones. Yeah. Because in a sense, no matter what they're doing or where they are, they're always somewhere else. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you, you'll be sitting with someone and talking to them and they're, they're, their mind's quite clearly somewhere else. Uh, I mean, you know, that's that's just being an old fart, I suppose, but I don't... I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think attention spans have changed in quite a frightening way in the last five years, especially. And it's weird. And what's happened is because the live scene has transformed into the entity it is now, it means that in London anyway, to go and see four bands that you haven't heard of you have a you have to spend nearly a tenner for the privilege yeah absolutely yeah. and which is a real pity because it it means that it, it's it's cost prohibitive um and because some of the venues and promoters aren't necessarily looking at quality control yeah 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 it means you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Are you uh, going to get one side of the PA working in the appli- yeah. the applicable red light that's either on or off? You know what I mean? It's like, you've spent a lot of money on your venue, mate, yeah. haven't you? Why doesn't anyone come here? I can't understand why. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's like everything. It's killed itself in a way. I just remember one of the great mainstays on the live scene in terms of the UK, the Glaswegian scene, where you could go out and... Although it might not be your cup of tea, the bands that they would put on would be great. If it's a touring band from England, you have to have your shit together in order to make it up to Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. And the venues attract regular trade because if you're bored on a Tuesday night, you go out to one of about 10 great venues in the city. And that's a rare thing. Uh, I think it's even changing there. Oh, yeah, it is. Definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah. And, and it's it's a pity but that benchmark proves how it could be i don't want to sound negative i can't see it returning like that anywhere i I don't know how we can get around the problem it's a cultural thing i mean rock as a cultural force is dead is dead it's completely dead totally and it's not that's not because there aren't still some things that people could say or that the problem is it's 90 percent that people have got nothing to say and they sing songs about nothing with their whammy bar mm. and uh, it's all just who gives a shit it's not interesting it's like as I said before it's about people all arguing about irrelevant stuff there's so many dreadful things happening and so there's so many things to be angry about I can't understand why people aren't do you know what I mean I can't like when I see people that are just standing I yeah, there I can't believe young kids there isn't been an explosion of a new version of punk of how yeah, well, it's impossible. No, no but, but how they should be fucked off but why would they be because they, t- to them it's normal. They grew up with uh, the post in the post Thatcher world, with everything rights disappearing and everything being taken away from us. I mean, you know, in five years' time, there'll be no NHS, or even two years' time, maybe. I don't. Know, there won't be any NHS. There's no council housing. It, like, like we're living for all intents and purposes. We're living in America, mm. uh, and um, you know, worse. <laughs> but yeah, but worse because you've got all this uh, the, the English mentality of oh well, we have to have a queen, and oh the BBC's wonderful. Let's all wave our flags, and there's another fucking baby come and along. Don't, don't Let's complain. all wave our flags. It's like <laughs> yeah, and don't complain about everything. And it's just like a load of flag waving dickheads. Like they 
piss me off. Are there any bands in particular that uh, rile you up? Uh, well, I, I've, I've not hardly listened to any of the music, but I hate that band called 1975, because why the fuck would you call yourself after the worst year in music ever? I don't understand that. I, you know, and Kasabian, and... Uh, I mean, the, the bands I really detest are older bands, like I Can't Stand Oasis, and um, that Stone Roses non-event their, their, mm. what was it their pension fund single they've just released I haven't heard it yet don't uh, bother don't bother it's shit does it actually sound like the Stone Roses uh, yeah it does which is like that's no recommendation because I thought they were always shit you know what I mean that, I mean Ian Brown to me is the most talent, talentless wanker that's ever graced the face of the planet Earth I mean he reminds me of you know in Blackadder when he, he describes Baldrick as a chimp that's been st- strategically shaved that's fucking Ian Brown as far as I'm concerned I can't stand him you reference Ian Brown in Debunk Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Along with some other northern luminaries. Yeah, some we like, some we don't like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Um, and that that song actually is funny because the chorus came about from actually a gig we did up there. So a lot of lot of things in the songs are things that have actually happened to us as well. <laughs> Secrets are kept Subway to the flavor of the month Hospitals full of sarcastic cunts You play guitar under your chin Fuck the bandwagon you arrived in I said you shit And we're giving you notice to quit I said you shit And we're giving you notice to quit Fuck you and you all like guitars I'm a better artist when I fart Like Lawrence of Suburbia Shit band mate, no one's ever heard of you Demons! We're our own fucking people Demons! Like a cock of the north Demons! We're our own fucking people Demons! Like a cock of the north Sean Ryder Bears and Ian Brown You'd never catch them going down Fall at the smell of piss Liam and Noel and Marky Smith Who craves working class jeers Journalists or popping no fears I said you shit And we're giving you notice to quit I said you shit And we're giving you notice to quit it's bollocks if you scratch the surface People dress like cunts on purpose Take your faded Union Jack guitar Stick it right up your ass Demons! We're our own fucking people Demons! Like a cock of the north Demons! We're our own fucking people Demons! Like a cock of the north Get fucked in a shitter by a quick fit fitter Whose graffiti was bitter
Playing a venue in Manchester, uh, and oh, this, I don't know, 2008 or something, and uh, it was it was kind of like a psychobilly alternative goth crowd kind of thing. It was that kind of thing. That's that's kind of what our old band used to play to, and uh, and punks and stuff like that. But there was one guy there. No, there was a posse of them. Well, yeah, oh. but this one particular guy was taller than the other, so I could see him from the stage. And they they stuck out like a sore thumb because they were all like these, like in, in, they looked like the Stone Roses kind of people and, and Oasis Odds, and stuff. Yeah. And uh, mods, yeah, I suppose you'd call them. And uh, so I just, in a friendly way, went, "Oh, it's good to see the guy, you know, the guy, the Oasis guy there, you know, getting down to the music or some, something like that." I can't remember. But and he got so fucked off, and he came down front. We're our own fucking no, he, people. He's going, "You fucking!" And he was like, "Really?" Like, no, he going, actually got on stage yeah, I was on going, the mic. Calm down, man. I was, going, like, the yeah, I was going like, "Calm down, dude." I was, I was being friendly. No, and it was like, and it was literally that I'll get me coat moment, and they all left and walked out. And so and we were, that always stuck with us. Yeah. So that's why we've got like we're our own fucking because it was a funny thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. and just like what was that about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't even be nice to them. So it's best just to run them over. When you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like if you see those kind of people, just fucking run them over. That's my that's my well that's my policy with most people really. I, you know, even though I don't drive, so it'll be I can't get <laughs> You'll done. Be safe. I'll be I'll be encouraging her to run it over. Like, you know, so. I, I presume the Union Jack guitar references to uh, a certain Mister Gallagher. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, we've got another song that we haven't recorded yet called Adidas Smack. And uh, there's this great video of uh, um, Gall- Noel Gallagher and um, Ian Brown talking about Adidas. And um, Ian Brown is, is saying it how I say it, Adidas. And Noel Gallagher's going, Adidas. And they're both looking at each other as if to say, like, I say it differently to you. Like, you know, it's like, you say tomorrow, yeah, it's I say like, tomorrow. I say Adidas and you say Adidas. And, like, you know, and it's hilarious. And it's like, yeah, and you're both corporate pricks. Fuck off. Like, I mean, I hate both yeah, of them. Who so cares? Like, yeah, who yeah. cares? But by the same token, I love the Smiths. Don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-Manchester. I love the Smiths and I love the fall. So, yeah, Marky Smith had a gets of, a positive mention Yeah, we've track. had a lot of good times in Manchester as well. But the, 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 <laughs> the song starts with the line, Derelict Door to Derelict the Depths. The depth. Derelict Door to the Depths. And there is actually an underground tunnel in um, Manchester that's under the, the main shopping centre, I think it is. And there's lots of conspiracy theories as to what used to be down there. Is it's this Cold War bunker where they were going to take... Yeah, it's a real were, place. Yeah, it's, it's a real place. And they were going to take Manchester's elite down there. And I was reading about it and I thought, yeah, imagine if all the old Britpop bands are all down there, like now, what they are like now, you know, not getting any royalty checks anymore. And they're all like shooting up and sitting in there and like, yeah, man. They'd be like, yeah, oh, you've got any fucking dope, man. And all that. And they'd all be in there. And it'd be fucking funny. And uh, so, yeah, so we put all those of people down in this piss smelly cellar and because uh, all the songs obviously we tried to tie them together with having a sort of conspiracy theory or something a weird story behind them and yeah yeah that, 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 that actual one. yeah but you can look it up well, there's, a, yeah, there's the underground uh, the underground uh, cold war bunker underneath manchester we're our own fucking people not a cock in the north we had that last night, didn't we? Did you see that? The uh, the Russians invaded airspace over, I can't remember where it was now, somewhere in Europe, and the RAF were dispatched to deal with them. But you, you um, yeah, it's like, it's like, have you ever seen that film, what's it called, Threads, is it called? Threads? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, about the war. 
the way way the tension starts to build up and the people are reading the newspapers and everybody's going about their business like you know usual stuff not ignoring everything and a couple of people are going oh this is getting a bit worrying isn't it and then they go on the ground yeah and then of course the 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 bomb goes off but um yeah the the russians are starting to do that chest poking thing that they used to do before let's give it let's rile you up by that there we go but saying that knock and run talking about um a fallout shelter or something like that. We did play that cool place in Slovakia. It is one of those things that we played this venue that actually would never get approved in the UK, which was um, a bunker that was made for a nuclear fallout that I think went for three kilometres underground. Yeah, subclub. Yeah, in Bratislava, there's this, uh, this uh, on the hill, there's this huge hill and there's a castle. And underneath this, the Russian, when it was in, under Russian control, uh, they built this nuclear fallout shelter. And when you go into the club, the door's like one of those things in a submarine, but on a massive scale, it's about 10 foot thick, a huge door. And you go down all these stairs and you play in, in it was in this... Has one entry, yeah. one exit. Yeah, well, you never get away with it. My goodness, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and how many kilometres down is it? Well, I think it's three miles in the end. But right. It goes yeah. Completely into the thing. It was supposed. It was built. The the people we knew from Vladislava were telling us that um, it was built just for the Russian population, though. I think. Yeah, <laughs> right. The, the dig- yeah, the, yeah, the dignitaries and yeah. stuff like that. But they also the guys that we played with over there, a band called Last Days of Jesus. They they could actually remember the what was the Velvet Revolution when they, they all marched across the bridge and and they, they they used to be able to see the other side of Bratislava and uh, they could never go there and uh, and then when when it all changed they actually all marched across the bridge with can- like torches and all this it was like a big celebration and uh, but it was also when we were in Poland was it po- no no it was that was also in Slovakia as well they they played us some music of these bands well they were- took us to a club that literally was an illegal place and it had been open the entire time under Russian occupation, I think, where the whole walls were covered with records and basically every single one of them was illegal. Yeah, like, you'd go yeah. to prison. There a couple of these bands they played us, they actually were put in prison for, for, because their lyrics were criticising the, the oh, state. Yeah, well, it's hard to yeah. imagine, cause, and that was only in the 80s. It's yeah, not yeah. like... So we're hoping to be, <laughs> under this junta that we live under now, we're hoping to be the first band to get put in prison for, uh, <laughs> for attacking David Cameron on a... Well, no, he's, that's what they're working towards, isn't it? They want to make it illegal. To Dissent will be illegal. I mean, it's already illegal to be depressed. I mean, that's now a mental illness, isn't it? And uh, you can't... Do you know what I mean? They're going to make everything illegal. Like, you, you won't be able to do anything at all in the end. It does feel like that. It's a police and... state, man. It mm. is. It's, it's Orwellian. Like you were saying before about the, the fact that things have changed so much. It is. It's, mm. it's the political correctness, uh, the new speak, like mansplaining. It's all, it's all Orwell. It's Orwell. You're making less and less. You can... Don't say that. Don't do that. Yeah, it's true. And, and it is one of those things, I mean that is weird that people will actually spend time to correct you on a post if you've made a grammatical error or um, a spelling mistake or something who gives a fuck yeah. in this day and age? It's like I know you're you trying to save the greyhounds. I know you don't want the greyhounds to be slaughtered in China, but you miss the apostrophe, and that's really not good enough. You know what I mean? I, the, uh, the, uh, these are the same people that wave their little flags mm. and celebrate when there's another royal baby, and you know it's just like so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what can you do with people like that? Uh, Run them over. That's what I think. <laughs> In Debunked, when you talk about that it would be difficult to fathom 
uh, Sean Ryder, Marky Smith going down. It is indeed into the bunker, hence debunked. So it's a very yeah. literal. Oh yeah, debunked and also fallout shelter. There's a play on the fall. On the fall, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Very so, clever. Those layers, man. We're fucking deep. I just so. thought it was just kind of debunking the idea of the the Brit pop. Yeah, rock it is. Star. Well, it's debunking the. Yeah, exactly. It's on that level. It's working. Well, the, the, the aristocratic yeah. rock star. Well, the, no, but the whole. Th- also, the, the fact that at that time, if you if you could remember that time, like, uh, the, the the Manchester bands were elevated to this ludicrous uh, level of uh, like you know they were geniuses and everybody else was crap. You mm. know what I mean? And um, it's like a lot of them weren't little more than professional northerners really and uh, I, lo- I love I love bands wherever they come from you know what I mean mm. if, if they're good but if they're just gobshites uh, and, uh, and and let's face it Ian Brown can't sing somebody has to point this out the bloke can't sing and he looks like a strategically shaved chimp so he's got nothing going for him as far as I'm concerned he's a no he's a ring round the bath I hate him I can't tell you how much I hate him he annoys me so much like you know and other bands that rile you up that you would uh, care to mention Kasabian, 1975, also known as the Glam Punk Sandwich. Yes, yeah. The uh, What's that guy? Uh, what's his name? Bronson? Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson. Oh, yeah. L- l- I could tell you a funny story about him. A friend of ours is, uh, does the sound engineering at the 100 Club. Mm. And uh, Mark, this is before Amy Winehouse died. And Mark Ronson was going to go there with her and some, someone else. I can't remember who it was. Well, they were there. And they, no, no. They, he was going to go there and make a video. That's what I was going to say. And uh, they turned up and they said, oh, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. So good to be, you know, playing at the fa- famous, in, uh, you know, 100 Club with all its history, you know, and all the people that played here, all the jazz people and the rock and roll. The rock and roll seeping Punk, out of the world. Yeah. And then he said, but there's only one slight problem when we make the video. We're going to have to cover the 100 Club sign up. Right. <laughs> and my mate he was he was on Facebook unbeknownst to them and he was going I'm going to fucking kill this bloke in a minute like, do you know what I mean and it was just like what a wanker like, you know what I mean it was just like yeah we're using this really cool place but let's cover up the sign that is, it, do you know what I mean it's just like right okay it tells, it tells me where you're coming from it's just and, tremendous uh, history that we're going to cover up and yeah. uh, and uh, I, you know he, he's, he said stuff like I, I can't he's, he's was it his stepfather or his father was the guy that was in Foreigner, I think. And he said, uh, oh, yeah, Keith Moon taught me to play the drums. And uh, my dad was in Foreigner. Had a, no, but the funny and, thing was, uh, he, had a, he had a normal childhood. Yeah, he said, I had a normal childhood. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, I always remember. I, big respect to Keith Moon. He used to come around and clean my house. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, like, it, this guy, he literally thinks that, like, but that's, that's what, see, that's where music has become, like, the political uh, situation. It's like these people are so far up their own ass that they don't realise that what what is normal or what ordinary people have to put up with. They they just think like, oh, well, doesn't everybody live in a wing of their parents' house and have a recording studio mm. when they're six? And it's like, no, mate, they don't. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. And what people have got to stop doing is trying to compete with all that and trying to have that high, you know, all this high tech stuff. And it's it, it, it's kind of like punk, but it's not it, it's not going to work if you have like you know the same thing as punk before because it's not. The world's different now, but that's what annoys me about people like that. They've set this kind of aristocratic, what you said, aristocratic mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, well, they in the days of punk, they used to call them rock czars, didn't they? Do you remember? And uh, it's kind of it's the same thing. But yeah, I don't like any of those kind of bands like that. I don't like them at all. Really. And people that you do like, who are oh. out and about now, anybody pumping your respective nads or ovaries? Um, <laughs> 
Sleaford Mods. That's the, the only bands I think I do. I mean, probably people are going to say, "Oh, you're only saying that because you know, you, you know, you're trying to do that same same thing." Um, uh, you know, we are published by the same people that published. Yeah, but do we were doing music. stuff at the but, same time anyway. No, no, so. but we were on that publishing company before them, and we nah. had a, and we were a duo and had a drum machine before them. So we have got a right to do what we're doing uh, historically before anybody before any of the. Uh, People that didn't like our old band start going eh, 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 like they always do. Um, so um, yeah, that w- I would say them really. That's about it because. And with regards to the old band, are we talking about uh, Devilish, Devilish Presley? Presley yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the timeline of Devilish Presley? When did you decide to draw a veil over that? We basically did devilish Presley, which was it 2002 to 2012 it effectively ended when we left london um and we didn't leave london voluntarily we 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 were literally evicted and uh we had to go like we went down to towards near south end and uh we ended up moving several times and we ended up completely skinned we just literally couldn't do the band anymore and uh after a, a period of uh, in the wilderness we, we we just came back and did a, a crowdfunded album and the the old devilish Presley fans were really generous and so we managed to make another album and then we said oh, well we'll just do like some farewell gigs and that was like last autumn we and of course people you know a lot of people came that used to come and see us in 10 years ago you know and bands that played with us 10 years ago came along and it was it was a nice thing yeah it was nice that people would a touching uh, thing yeah it was very touching yeah, yeah people remembered i mean because we did have a lot of people that and i have to if they're listening to this i have to say thank you to them again because some of the people that we had were so loyal they came and saw us so many times um and, and you know a lot of people sort of said why are you stopping they couldn't understand because i think people think well if you can get 150 80 people to a show what's what's wrong with that but we had nothing left to say because we'd made six albums and we'd released other singles and stuff on top of that. And we needed to do something different for us that's more relevant as people, I guess. Mm. And, you know, the times have changed. And I think, you know, I hope more people come out and try and make music about the times we're in as, a, as an actual social document of history because it's important to capture those things and like they did in the 60s and stuff and 70s so yeah i think yeah and so that was the that was the whole idea we we just said right homes for the elite that's it that's that's what happened to us um and that's what's happening in london and you can you can point uh you can have like the the word elite is everywhere it's like conspiracy theories elite and then you read you know if you want to read the guardian uh the, the you know oh the political elite and this and that so it's it's kind of a, like a, a a zeitgeisty word like you know what i mean so that's partly why we've got it but it's, it's also literally our we're, we're not uh promoting any particular ist or ism mm. we're just literally just saying this is what's happened to us and what happened to us is happening to loads of other people and it's happening to people who aren't musicians it's happened to or anyone like do you know what I mean and it's it's the fact that the real problem is this is the problem uh, that this country faces is there's no social mobility that's what it is in a nutshell there's no social mobility so um whereas when i i was a kid you know it was it was cool to be on the dole and it was cool to to do stuff you know what i mean but now it's like oh benefits claimants they're the, the evil scum of the earth you know and and even people who, who I, I sometimes think 
I kind of have got a connection with, they they, say, they come up with shit, and I just think, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? But we lived in we lived in a golden age. It was a golden era, uh, that, and we benefited from all the struggles that our parents and grandparents' uh, generation made because they went through the thirties and the war, and they said, no, we're not putting up with this anymore. Let's have a better world. And my generation, uh, you know, we, we were kind of like, oh yeah, great, yeah, we've really it's fantastic and we took advantage of it i suppose in a way but you, that's what you think was normal well, and that's why when you say stuff about young kids and stuff like that you've got to bear in mind that this is what they think is normal they think it's normal not no, to they guess. think it's normal to have to have six jobs and be uh, you know immediately you know they, they, they go from the crash to to a fucking you know on a wheel like being whipped and there's and it's all this thing of 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 not giving people a chance to have that period where they learn to think or maybe they do a load of reading and they broaden their horizons and that was what music used to be i learned loads of stuff from music and following bands and, and bands would talk about stuff and you'd go what's that then and you'd look into it but, but that, there aren't that, any bands that do that now yeah so that's what we're trying to do with homes for the elite really is try and reference important relevant current things that are happening in the country but also you know with some humor like we've always done <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 with humor but also it's it's harder and harder to be humorous really isn't it you know yeah um, you've got to keep a sense of humour. That's what I think. That's what what doing but, you know, music is things, now. Things are desperate, but you know, I, I just think there is, a, you know, a lot of people mightn't be interested with with some of our new material because a lot of people don't like to talk about politics or don't like to talk about things that are tougher subjects, maybe. But they're relevant, and they're relevant to everyone, and it's going to become more relevant as things get harder. Mm. And um, you know. I think the fact, you know, in a, this day and age that people are relying on things like food banks to survive, it's disgusting. Mm. I mean, if you take away, you know, the five basic elements to survive as a human being, which is shelter, food, light, nurturing, love, I'm not sure, Biscuits. those kind of things. But, you know, all those things are becoming almost unattainable for some people. In this modern world, that's that's absolutely disgusting, you know. Sorry, there's a Black Ops helicopter going over. Yeah, indeed. I don't, I don't know if you can hear I that, think but th yeah. they might be aware of what oh, we're they know. discussing. Oh, they know. They know everything because I've got a chip in my head, obviously. But you know, they, they but know you know, one of our friends works with homeless people, and you know, he was saying since 2010, homelessness has doubled in this country, which. That's staggering. Oh, yeah, but last year, that's what he was saying the other day, wasn't it? 30, there's, in the last year, there's been 30% more rough sleepers you know, in London. I saw that uh, very, very, uh, very, very much in my face and felt it viscerally um, just driving back from the gig I did last night where there's a location just off of Cable Street, which used to be a hostel. Now it's a yuppie club and there are, a lot more people sleeping rough on that very street and mm. it's oh, you need to think about the humanity and the lack of it it's very very sad what, what's the club called oh i don't know uh, the name of it it's, it's name and shame it <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know there's probably local people working there who don't know any better uh, but uh, didn't you feel tempted to mount the pavement and run a view of Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. run into the club yeah. Yeah. ram it yeah, you get extra points for a yuppie get molly yeah. to be a battering ram <laughs> oh bless her <laughs> but it's it's just such a again. It just it's been a hostel for years, for as long as I can remember. And somewhere along the line, a decision was made. 
we can earn a lot more money from this by the backhander was given to Boris. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. It's disgraceful, isn't it? Really? Yeah, really. It it's broke my heart. It's, yeah, that. it's awful. And you know, I mean, there's, but also there's, um, uh, there was a film made, like the Sleaford Mobs actually made a film called Invisible Britain, and the guy that's di- that directed that film has got a new one that he's making or he's trying to get crowdfunded at the moment and I think it's called Dispossession or Dispossessed I think it's called Dispossession but it's about the social housing crisis and you sh- anybody that is interested in this subject should uh, you know maybe give him five pound or something to try and get this film made because it's all about how um, local uh, authorities like local councils of either uh, denomination um, you know left or right have sold off council house housing and land very cheaply to um you know property developers Mm. um and that's why so many old council places that could have been um saved have been knocked down and they're i mean there's one this way i can't remember what it's called there's another one they're going to demolish now but all over the place they're demolishing them or they tart them up and turn them into apartments for posh mm. people and uh it's, I, I preferred it when they were selling them to housing associations which you know at least were sort of keeping yeah the, but housing associations a lot of them now are like businesses well this is true and, and there's there, there's a lot of i think there's an awful lot of corruption because there's a lot of money that's like they've they've had millions and millions of pounds pumped into them and it just where's it go because they're not building the houses they're supposed to be building do you know what I mean? They're building very a, rarely. No, they're they're building a small proportion of the amount of houses they mm. should be building. And this, you know, this guy's is making this film anyway. But um, he that's going to go into detail about that, you know. So in the track "Running with the Enemy," you address the disdain for the Knightsbridge dwelling curators and and whatnot. What was the the catalyst for for that track? You came up with the title for that one, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it is that thing, I think, that most people in their day-to-day lives probably do find themselves running with an enemy or running, yeah, with an enemy and from an enemy that, you know, they could do without, I think. Um, Work is what you're talking about. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I I think, you know, and also just the art scenes and people well i mean where do, where do you stop it kind of goes on and on well he used to be a hooligan now he's the prisoner mcguin down the hip streets piss streets we're depressed, it's dip their beaks Fuck you and your fatty diets I'm not here to organise a riot Look out, all the punks are flatlining Data mining, no one is striking I don't want to be running with the enemy I don't want to be so budgetless I don't want to be running with the enemy I don't want to be so budgetless Fucking stinks in here Cause the boss is touching cloth Crowds of evil little titwanks And by the buzz around DJ shit pants Endorsed by some smart fucking gadget That posts photos of his drug habit Meanwhile bones are sticking out of kids' skin 
You know, the part, partly that's to do with partly to do with arts funding and people getting grants and things like that, um, and obviously other artists not receiving things. And um, yeah, there's a yeah, it's it's like everything else, isn't it? There's a lot of lovey uh, lovey goes on, isn't there? And uh, well, I mean, we do another. We've got another song called South Bank Art Wank, and that that that's actually even more to the point about that kind of stuff. You know, like. Um, just the people that just took absolute shit and uh, have got no clue about anything and yet they get like loads of money pumped into them for so they can produce you know like the the equivalent of a scented candle really do you know what I mean it's, they've got nothing to say enough they're just pointless they're just literally completely pointless mm. they should fuck off and go away but Art- it is <clears throat> it is just about that thing too like most people talk about well there is that thing fuck you and your fatty diets Oh no, he's to cause a riot, and it's <laughs> yeah, that thing. And, and, yeah, the line. It's, but, it's it's like you know, is that important? You know, and it's like then it goes on to say, you know, data mining, no one's striking because those things have become big industries now, where people sell off your information that you so lovingly put in and give them into your computer, and and they sit there all day. Creating algorithms <laughs> to sell you more shit mm. you can't afford than you don't actually need. You like this shit? Here's some more shit. Yeah, exactly. That you yeah, yeah, yeah. Desperately. And, yeah. Will and then you're going to have to keep showing up at that job and have no time to think. And <laughs> never mind, you can have a stick and take a picture of yourself on it. And you're not mentally ill either. Like, I mean, it's just like fuck off. Just, and that's. Oh. I mean, that's the same as the first song we released, Habital. Um, Parrot the dog. In case some people probably maybe don't know what that reference is. But that was actually one of those emotive tests, wasn't it? Was it? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Well, it was. A, it was a, an alleged thing. I think it may have well have been a, a real event originally, and it was a story in New York where a, a policeman had wrestled a dog to the ground that was supposed to be a vicious dog, and then he threw it down a flight of stairs, and it broke its back or something, oh. and then he shot it or something. Oh, and it was and, all on film. Oh, <laughs> and it wasn't. No, no. But it was basically, and this this became like this thing. It was on the internet, and everybody was like sharing it and getting outraged. And then it was around the time that it was a, a, that, that right. Facebook. No, no. But it was around the time that Facebook admitted that they were doing that 
to see if if they put up um, you know something horrible and then they put up something nice with the, whether they could alter people's moods like they're mood changing algorithms and they're gonna they're gonna try and influence people's um, way of thinking so that like they'll show something unpleasant and then they'll show you something nice and you'll buy that you know um, which is where data mining and all that stuff is going it's, it's manipulation basically mm. and I thought I'm sure I'm convinced that that parrot the dog thing the whole thing was a psychological test to see whether how because the very name of the dog parrot parrot the dog so you're going to repeat this you're going to repeat this on Facebook and you're going to repeat it and people and it, and it did it spread everywhere and maybe I'm just a mad paranoid lunatic but uh, to me I just mm, I wonder if I'm being manipulated here and even if I even if it was was true and it, and it wasn't the case it's still quite an interesting but it is idea. true I mean and that is a, a fact that a lot of things George Orwell as a writer predicted have come true mm. and people seem glad <laughs> well everyone buys into <laughs> being well surveillance is inbuilt in Facebook, everyone opens themselves up to where they are, they report, they check in and seem very pleased to parade their wares and day-to-day lives very comfortably in front of others. We are our own big brothers. Yeah, and we're all self-policing yes. each other. Like, oh, you can't say that. And yeah. I, I need to be in my safe space because I feel threatened. <laughs> it's like, what are you threatened by? Like this piece of lettuce, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, it's just like... Instead of it being the corporation, as it appears in the book, it's it's us. The general public have yeah, become a self-policing entity. Well, as George Carlin said, uh, he was talking about the American public, but it applies equally here. Uh, you've been bought off for a load of trinkets and a few little technological baubles. And, uh, you know, we've given everything away for that. You know, we used to have rights. I love that thing George Carlin says. I, I love this country. I love the rights we used to have. Like, you know, and it's true. It's like we, we, we used to have, like, people, people go, oh, unions, oh, oh evil, evil, because they're parroting literally, like, stuff that they've read. And it's like, yeah, well, you wouldn't have any paid holidays if it wasn't for the unions, you know what I mean? And you wouldn't have weekends and, and all this stuff, like, you know what I mean? And you, you kind of go, the idea of being in a union, it's like the NHS itself. It, that was mm. based on the idea from of the, the miners. Mi- from yeah. the miners, because the miners w- w- were ruled by people who didn't give a fuck about them. And if they got injured, it's like, oh, too bad, you can't work anymore, go away. And so they all had to stick together and they put money into a kitty so that they could look after each other. If somebody was injured, they could pay their family money. And I think they basically that's the idea of what the NHS was: national insurance uh, and and welfare state. And people going, oh no, it's got to be dog eat dog. Everybody's got to be out for themselves, and we've got to, you know. And if you don't start, and because it's like this thing about you know, it's a meritocracy, and there's no place for anybody that's that you know. There's no shame in being a loser. People have this thing: oh, don't call me a loser. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm a loser. I don't fucking care. Like, I mean, it's like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, fuck you. Like, you know, you're a winner. So what? Like, you're still going to die. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Like you can't save yourself with your gold. You know, there's not enough gold in the world that's going to uh, save you. I can you. afford plastic surgery, so I'm going to look wonderful yeah, well, yeah, until yeah, the very yeah. end. Yeah, well, you could have your head frozen, but you probably already have. Like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> the shit you come out with, you probably have. Like, you know what I mean? But it's just like, no, you can't. It, it just it, we gave everything away. That's what's so annoying. And now, of course. That's what's normal. So people don't even remember how it used to be, or, 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 or and they can't imagine that things could be good again. They can't. They can't imagine that, you know, um, because it comes down to the fact that 
you know, everybody's again. It's this thing of being so close up to what you're looking at. It's like you're only concerned with your own little thing. If everybody could zoom out and look at the big picture, um, and that's kind of, you know, but that's very hard to make people do that. You know, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I do it all the time because I'm just as guilty as everyone else. Mm. But, um, you know, but you do at least try and think about it sometimes. You know, I think the, this particular type of 2016 self-policing big brothers created a real vacuous society people are far more up their asses than they've ever been mm. it's um even just seeing people parading around uh just streets of any city any village anywhere they, they all sort of anchored to their phones nearly to bumping into each other well not nearly often no, they bumping do into, bump into each other, each other yeah. i mean forget Bojo's cycling super highways. There should be a texting and walking super yeah, highway. Yeah, you need one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we could, it could be like the uh, what was that film? The, the um, Wally. No, no. The thing where the, all the creatures were put together. What were they called? The cat. The, the human centipede. The human centipede. Mm. Yeah, they could all be like together with their phones up each other's <laughs> oh, <yes>. asses <laughs> walking like you know. Yeah, because uh, yeah. It, uh, but but having said all that, like you know, you, you, there is a danger of like people going oh you're being a hypocrite because obviously a lot of people watch our videos on phones and, mm. and listen to a lot of people listen to the dookie radio show and download it thank I, you very I've much heard that tens of thousands indeed of, yeah, yeah they, they yeah. do so yes. I, I, myself was i was yeah. listening to, to several of them last night but i mean like you so you, yeah it's you can't escape it but you have to try and be aware of it i think as well you know um but it's very hard yeah that's i guess that's the thing isn't it it's like people say oh you know the internet's done amazing things and sure it does in terms of people who have to contact you but don't be fooled that the main reason it's there is to sell you shit mm. and to know all the things you're interested in so they can market to you and things primarily i think it's not the situation is fucked just like the white male that you sing about <laughs> yeah. how do you like that for a link that was smooth that, oh, yeah. can I, I just get... I just got to shift my position there because I'm so impressed by that link like, was, You win. 
that was my first introduction to you guys. It's the first track that I heard. Bulldozer tune, intent and power straight away. The vocals kind of recall Janis Joplin in places. I mean, that is a raucous delivery. In what way is the white male, the protagonist in the track, <laughs> fucked? And how has he been? And how has he been fucked? Well, I think... I think it, well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Particularly being a woman singing a song like that. Mm. I do think... Particularly older people and older men, it is seen, I think if you're over 40, you're almost a bit redundant in some ways, you know, like people just consider you, you don't know what you're talking about and I think things have just changed for men a lot, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I, I get what you, I, I know what you, 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 you think by that, it's, yeah. But I, I, we, we've got a difference of opinion on this because I think the fucked white male, a lot of the people who are fucked, brought it upon themselves in a way because mm. they went along with a lot of things. That because I remember when I was younger, I used to say, "Now nah, you don't want to be doing that because it's gonna things are gonna fuck up." It's gonna no, don't vote for them because like, oh dear, do you know what I mean? And we've ended up in this shit stick of a situation where we are, and. Uh, and then you've got people like joining UKIP and going like, and it's like, yeah, well, you're fucked because you're an arsehole. Like, you went along with all this stuff. I think what you meant by fucked white, fucked white male when you first explained the song to me was that you felt sympathy for men who uh, are finding it, what was it you said, that they're difficult to, difficult to find their role in the world. Yeah, anymore. like, I, yeah, well, there's two ways of looking at it because obviously some of the lyrics are about, you know, people not making well, they've made certain decisions, for instance, when people voted for New Labour and yeah. the consequences. <laughs> you were there with New Labour right at the start. Because, again, it's another one. It's working on two levels because it mentions, uh, you know, the Mancunian candidate, which is Noel Gallagher, because he was with it there with New Labour right at the start. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean... And, meeting Tony I mean, uh, exactly. at the house. And yeah. what is that about? Well, he's always like... a Tory. I mean, like, like Noel Gallagher's a fucking Tory. He always was. You know, and uh, like they, Oasis were relevant for about three months, and that was it. And then they became this big blob that have had this huge effect on the on the country, like you know. But the that's kind of part of it, and there's a lot of conspiracy theory things in it as well. Um, but you, 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 when you first explained to me, because Jackie said this is a title, and I was going, oh, that's a good title, and uh, you, you wanted it to be more. Well, struggling things, men, things, yeah, what you said start, earlier on actually things Gigi, start out about one men way struggling for their identity, identity mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah feeling redundant yeah literally and mm. figuratively yeah, yeah. Black day, black day, black day, and I'm right 
I was too nice before Won't be that way no more Now I'm so fucking bored A fisher is starvation This is England Race with prison It's the system Destroying dreams and youth Black day Black day Black day And I'm riding on a train Black day Black day Black day And I'm riding on a train could be on one viewpoint that people actually hate what they do on a day-to-day basis or in a place that they don't like or their position in the world is something they don't like and it is slowly grinding them down day by day the same repetitive thing driving them out of their mind um you're talking about work again yeah Mm. yeah mostly (laughs) In terms of the formation of um, Homes for the Elite, being priced out of London and forced into uh, skintitude, it is a word now, mm-hmm. and moving location, physically yeah. moving. Well, it is about commuting mm. as well, as well, of doing the same journey right. back and forth. And, you know, just the kinds of people and things you observe on a train. And I think 100% of people at one point of time would have all had the fucking annoying twat that they wish they could have shoved their phone and their conversation completely up their ass and thrown them out the window, (laughs) basically. Because it is that thing on a train, isn't it? If you actually look around you as just... or, or. or any public transport or something like that. Do you still have to do a horrible commute in order to... Yeah. Right. To survive. Yes. <laughs> and does your survival commute, is it, do you have to go from Essex into London or... Yeah, yeah I do. Oh, goodness, you have to do that on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's a costly regular basis as well. Um, and it shouldn't be, as the crow flies, it's not that far away, but... Uh, well, I think that's what a lot of people are talking about now, is how much the UK's public transport does cost mm. in comparative to Europe and things like that it's oh, it's another yeah. planet yeah and how some people have to, I mean they're trying to bring in things where people commute regularly to London to work from Manchester and Birmingham on high speed trains I mean that's just insane oh, goodness yeah I, I can't fathom that yeah. <laughs> particularly when these are large cities with their own economies which thankfully in recent years things have improved Perhaps not to benefit local people as much. But but again, it's just that same thing that a, a lot of people, and particularly younger people, are living in their own little tunnel, visioned world mm. of what they're their doing. Their reality tunnel. Yeah. Copyright, Robert Anton Wilson, author of the Illuminatus trilogy. <laughs> 
everyone should read that book. Right. But, you know, and so people, I, I think, completely are unaware, like you were saying about people walking around with their phones and not looking where they're going. Mm. It's the same when people are talking in public places or, you know, I think the one, you know, people do it at gigs, at dinner. People just don't give a shit anymore about interacting with other people on their phone. It's a normal thing. I think the only thing that's got away with being excluded from people not being rude like that probably is the opera or a classical music concert maybe yeah i can't yeah, see i can't probably, see yeah. people filming that on their phones necessarily or taking phone calls yeah, it's me and vivaldi text, man look at that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at the crowd getting down with the with the orchestra leader there man like, <laughs> we're, we're just bastards <laughs> going like the clappers like yeah. We're, we're just two seasons in man can't wait for the fourth one <laughs> i'm yeah, a winter baby where's that fat bitch gonna start singing <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah i need the toilet yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Otherwise, we're all going to be poo splaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. But Black Day is about that anyway, just looking at your day to day life around you and observations of things. And, and it has got some clever wordplay things about, you know, referencing obviously people, a tablet being a something like you wish it was a death pill instead of someone's actual physical computer tablet. Instance. But also, there's another thing as well, is the fact that we kind of, uh, you know, we, we, we left in 2012. Loads of other people are, are, are gradually leaving London. And for me, I, I mean, I was born in London, so I, I actually had to leave my hometown and I didn't want to, you know. So that's kind of, uh, that's weird. Um, but what's happening is in these areas where everybody's going to, like, I mean, in the Kill Devil Delta book that I, I was talking about earlier, um, the the character actually ends up living in a place called East Londonshire, which is what used to be Essex, but it's become East Londonshire. And Northamptonshire has become North Londonshire because London is just like this huge thing that's spreading and spreading. And it's partly because the, the central bit is owned by um, oligarchs or whatever you call them. And, and you know, they, they own these... like a lot of that, this has come out recently in the Panama Papers about who actually owns what in central London mm. and people were saying oh it's corporations it's not corporations it's actually individuals that own huge chunks of central London and it's like it's like dropping a, a brick into a pond the ripples go out and the ripples have now reached where we are so that, like even where we live now there was a, a woman who lived next door she'd lived there for it'd been her family home I think for like 35 years or something like that the rent's gone up where we live now because the London effect is creeping out. She had to leave and they, the, the, the rent went from, you know, a reasonable amount. Now it's gone through the roof. So it's happening further out. Mm. So there's not going to be anywhere for people to go soon. And if it, like, sit, like London is now unaffordable, that's why people are all hutched up together because we've got another song we do called Space Poor, which space is now the class system writ large I think it's like you know how much space you've got um, it's like where we used to live I think we were telling you earlier like mm. we, we literally lived in this tiny one bedroom place and uh, it, now how much space you've got is is t- the rich dig these huge basements you know like they've got these mega basements it's like, it's like that uh, talking about people you don't like mm. it's not a band but that fucking Damien Hurst, I can't stand him either, and Tracy Emin and all those people. And uh, yeah, he's building a big mega basement, like, you know, and it's like, how much room do you need? Like, you know, and in the book, it gets to ludicrous extremes where the character Sod Johnson's got this mega basement that actually goes underneath the entire 
entirety of like Hampstead Heath and he's got an airport underneath it and all this stuff his own private airport and because uh, it is it's just out of control I mean in Hackney uh, did you read about that thing about in Hackney uh, near Victoria Park the They've blocked all the drains because something went wrong and all the cement escaped into the drains. And so this residents of this street have got no access to the street for at least another month or something because uh, it's all blocked off. And it's literally because somebody's building one of these mega basements and something went wrong. And there's been loads of cases where like the people's houses next door have started to subside and collapse. Yeah, it happens. So uh, you hear about it once every couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Space is at a, a premium and people want their mega basements for their mega lifestyles and their mega art yeah exactly and there was a case that's where we got the line from about um i'm in i'm in one room i can't keep any pets so i spend my time down at the laundrette because (laughs) it's like this uh this character was actually um rented out it was a shed in someone's room well it was actually in the road we used to live in yeah it was in the road (laughs) we used to live yeah in one of the flats where they came to view this room in a, a share flat and they'd actually built a purpose-built little shed on one wall that, I kid you not, was literally as big as a single bed. Yeah, it was in a, in a shed, box. wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. it had a sliding window, and it was in the lounge of, of this two-bedroom flat. And that, how much was it? Oh, something ludicrous. £600 pounds a month Yeah, or something, something like that, yeah. For this obscene. actual, like, enclosed bed. Yeah, but I mean, that's... Compact like... and bijou with characterful features. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosy. Yeah. Cosy yeah. There's a patio. No, it's actually a cement square where we put the dust bin. Yeah. If anyone thinks that's right, I mean... Yeah, but it's like it's the same thing joke. with all these sealed bids and people when they're trying to buy places and... and Gazumping. Well, it's estate agents mm. are just vermin. Like, you know, it's just mm. awful. And the whole thing is just completely and utterly fucked, like you said earlier. And uh, there's, there, there is, there's no end in sight. And, like, things are bad now. The next four years, I think it's going to be make or break time. People have really got to wake up, I think, in the next four years because if they don't, that's it. The 30s, the 2000, sorry, the 2030s will be like the 1930s, I think, otherwise. And uh, I think you're right. And we yeah, have we have written times. a song also called The Country's Fucked. And you're and an asshole. And you're an asshole, basically. <laughs> and it is that thing. Have you got a copy of that? Have you re- <laughs> I want to play that really badly. Yeah, but- no, sorry, we haven't, we, haven't put, we haven't recorded the vocals on that one. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is that thing, is like... You know, country's people, fucked and you're an asshole. Yeah. If if you keep going, <laughs> nice. if people keep going along with this kind of systems in place, then they're almost just as responsible in a way. Mm. Because how are things going to change otherwise, unless people question things? Yeah, and it's also not. To, it's like that's why that's why conspiracy theories. People are like, oh, conspiracy theories. And so, but conspiracy theories, to my mind, are like myths. Like so that people have made them up because they can't find an answer to something, and they and they're, they're disillusioned with like politics because it's like oh you know you, you hear that all the time people say oh well, there's no point voting because they're all the same they're all the same which is true they're all in the middle um, and there's no one with any real balls and even Corbyn I don't think it's going to make that much difference really but that's why people then go there's, there doesn't appear to be an answer so when human beings can't find an answer they make up a myth. That's why we have religion, like, you know, why are we here? No one knows. There must be a man or a cloud. Mm. And do you know what I mean? And it's, it's the same thing. He's over there. There's over there. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, there you <laughs> It's like that thing of like, 
You never hear about Mrs. God. I want to know where Mrs. God came into it. But, um, you know, so you've got that same thing. So people, Fucked white female. Fucked white female. And yeah, careful you don't mansplain me. And, um, they, yeah, so they're like, you know, you've got all this stuff where um, people are desperately trying to find answers. They go, there must be this elite that control, like the, the Illuminati I'm talking about, not, mm. not the real psychopaths, rich people. It's easy to identify who's who. But I don't think there's a conspiracy dating back centuries that's controlling the world but i do think people of a criminal inclination will always come out on top because they don't play by the rules it's a no-brainer you know what i mean it's just like you know you've got all these rules set up and we're all jolly decent british people and we're going to go along with them and then there's always some bloke sitting at the back goes no mate like do you know what i mean i'm not going along with that i'm going to just take as much as i possibly can but they wouldn't be saying it like that they'd be going no, I think we'll uh, close the office and poison the water, start the fracking boom and, uh, you know, sell off the widows and then we'll, uh, you know, launch the rest of the poor into space because it's probably the best place for them, like, you know. First the Bullingdon Club, next the world. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mein Führer. <laughs> yeah. We've discussed that the internet is merely a place for the powers that be to sell you stuff, but I'd like you to sell our listeners your stuff. How can they find out about... The glories of Homes for the Elite online. Give me website details, please. Uh, well, it's, we, we've got a website, but it's I can't remember the address because I use it so infrequently because I think I heard you say this to one of your other guests on another show. Um, it's that, no longer a signpost for yeah, anything. Yeah, it's, you, All I do, Check you have a website and you just spend all your time on Facebook saying... Go and look at my website. Yeah. They don't. Nobody yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. Hey, fuck you, man. I don't want to look at this fucking website. Exactly. Put well, your shit here. Yeah, put your shit here where we can yeah. find it. I don't yeah. want to... Uh, just a click away. Like, yeah. you know. The only <laughs> thing... One thing I, I have noticed is the only That's thing... That's actually quite a good song title. Just a click away. Yeah. I'm just a click away. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Quite, quite Bowie-ish there. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you could say, not to sing stupider. <laughs> and, of course, he did fake his own death. You know that. And, um... That's that's the Illuminati. Prince as well. Or? Oh well, absolutely. It's amazing. Like within two days of both of those guys dying, there was like a video. Oh, like, the Illuminati are behind it, and they'd had like four million views or something <laughs> ridiculous. Like just, it's like yes, he's definitely living in Hemel Hempstead as a Mrs. You know, Crutchley or something. It's ludicrous. Um, but well, sorry, what were we talking about? Um, oh yeah, the, the, inter- yeah the internet. Yeah, the website uh, is uh, some people like. Uh, people that have followed us for a, for a while. Ah, oh, the websites are ve- irrelevant. Yeah, the re- websites are relevant, <laughs> but pe- some people do like to go to it to buy stuff because they feel they're connecting directly to the band. They've still got that thing where it's on Facebook. But Facebook is where you can find us, Homes for the Elite. That's that's the place. And everything that we're talking about, all the videos, all the music, and most of the music, to be fair, well, nearly all the music is, is, is free. You can just download it free and do what you want with it. But if you just type in home, into the little search box... Mm. Homes for the Elite, it comes up because what well, I tell you what is funny though, um, there's a there's actually a um, property developer who builds mega rich homes for the elite, mm. and he had a website called Homes for the Elite, and we just as a joke we said, oh, this is a proper band for proper people because we were taking the piss out of the people that you say you're not a proper band, you haven't got a drummer and all that shit, and uh, his thing said building spacious homes for proper people right it's exactly what he had on his website i never knew no, about pro- it proper homes for proper people yeah people so, yeah it was exactly the same <laughs> i never saw this I, but i found it afterwards and he wrote to us and said i you know i'm getting people like you know seeing your name coming up can you change the name of your band and i was like no 
and he was like, and, and he he actually said, "I don't want to be associated with a grubby little left wing rock band." Was what he said. Oh, yeah. So I just wrote back and said, "Fuck, Fuck off. you, yeah. and, um, <laughs> fuck off." Yeah, but so he's now changed the name of his website. So because uh, we were right at the top of the Google search, so he's getting a bit annoyed by it. Beautiful. Yeah. So that was actually one little one little life's little victories, like you know what I'm saying. Proper homes for proper people. Does that mean? Yeah, White anybody that can't, or anybody, or anybody that can't afford it, basically. Well, if you, like, if you, know, you want yeah. your own island, and you know, right? Yeah, yeah. If you like want, that, to, yeah. Helipad, he's the he's the. Man if you want do. your carsy made out of marble and uh, you know handcrafted by pixies, <laughs> it's just, but, yeah. but we should say as well that we are releasing the Illuminati on vinyl. Oh yeah, it's going to be and a vinyl it's coming single, out yeah. on the twenty third of July. 23rd of July on the Pipeline Records and the Pipeline is the venue in Middlesex Street where we will also be playing E1 on the 23rd of July in E1 um, that's our, our London debut um, and really good venue as well yeah the guy that, that owns it is, is our manager um, oh right Thomas yeah mm. Jackie and John Homes for the Elite thanks very much for popping into the Dukey Radio Show studio it's been great having you here like to thank you for having us here. Oh, thank you. No, no, it's a great on. pleasure, and uh, I really, enjoy, I, I've, I'm not bullshitting. I've listened to quite a lot of your shows, and I'm really good. Oh, I really, thanks. No, very much. I re- actually really enjoy them because I like listening to stuff. You know, I'm not. Like, I like listening to things rather than just always just watching telly or something. You know, or whatever films. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been nice here. Been nice to meet Molly as well. Ah, oh. even though she keeps growling at me because I'm wearing a hat. Ah, oh, Molly, she's just plain hard to get. Yeah, I know, she's you know, all the same. Indeed, yeah. she's doing some puppy splaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to thank GQ Radio for having us and Molly the dog. Ah, oh, thanks, guys. Cheers. Well, that is indeed your lot. Jackie and John have. A unique ability to charm, provoke intense thought and make one laugh with seamless ease. And those qualities are rife in Homes for the Elite's music. Catchy tunes with lashings of humour, satire and an irreverent take on the puppets who lead us or attempt to make us tap our respective feet or hum. And they also liked Molly the Sprolly, the Dookie radio show dog, I'm a Convert. To find out more about the band, click your way to facebook.com and in the search box, type in Homes for the Elite. You've been listening to an interview with Homes for the Elite. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. May the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and uh, pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find, it will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com 
forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. I said you should. Dana, Dana, you notice the quit. I said you should.